RTHK, the news at 11 with Sean Kennedy. The top stories. The court jails Jimmy Lai for five years and nine months over a breach of the lease conditions at his media headquarters. Hong Kong records more than 10,000 new COVID-19 infections for a fourth day. And police in the Channel Island of Jersey say one person has died after an explosion brought down a block of flats. Tycoon Jimmy Lai has been jailed for five years and nine months and fined $2 million for concealing the fact that he was operating a consultancy from the headquarters of Next Digital in breach of lease conditions. A former executive of Next Digital, Wong Wai Kung, was jailed for 21 months over the same offence. Wendy Wong has more. The court heard that the co-consultants operated from the building on the Chung Kwan O industrial estate, violating a rental contract between Next Digital and the landlord, the Science and Technology Parks Corporation. District Court Judge Stanley Chan said the offence was carried out for up to 21 years, adding that Jimmy Lai played an important role in the case. The judge noted that Lai showed no remorse and blamed the company's chief operating officer for the mistake. He said Lai had used his media organisation as a protective shield, preventing the landlord from carrying out checks on the building. He said a media tycoon being prosecuted didn't equate to suppression of press freedom, stressing that the case at hand was simply one of fraud and should not be given any political significance. Health officials have reported 14,377 new COVID infections, including 698 imported cases. They said 21 people with coronavirus have died. Development Secretary Bernadette Lin says a proposal to streamline a series of land development procedures would not preempt the power of LegCo in approving projects. Speaking on RTHK, Ms Lin said that in her experience, if lawmakers don't want the government to proceed with a project, they'll voice their opposition years before a funding request is tabled. This is because experience tells us that by the time we approach the LegCo Finance Committee, for funding to proceed with the works. By that stage, which is rather a final stage, normally the concerns of the electrical members will be on technical details, like whether we have sufficient facilities to support the new population, whether the timing of the whole construction schedule is reasonable, and whether we have done our best to respond to the concerns of the local residents affected. Turning overseas, police in the Channel Island of Jersey say one person has died and about a dozen are missing after an explosion brought down a block of flats. The police chief called the scene in St Helier's devastating and dangerous. The BBC's Robert Hall has more. Residents described a sound like thunder followed by a large fire. The blast demolished a three-storey block of flats and badly damaged surrounding properties. Police say one person has died, several more have been injured and up to 12 others are missing. The cause of the explosion hasn't been confirmed, but fire crews had been called to the flats after residents reported a smell of gas. The Russian winner of the Nobel Peace Prize says he was told by the authorities in Moscow not to accept the award. Jan Rachinsky, the head of the Human Rights Group Memorial, accepted it with the co-laureates, the Ukrainian Center for Civil Liberties and the jailed Belarusian rights activist Alice Bieletsky. He says the authorities didn't want him to share it with the Ukrainian and Belarusian organizations. We were advised by our authorities to turn down this prize because they deemed the co-laureates inappropriate. Naturally, we took no notice of this advice. I think that the decision of the Nobel Committee is remarkable precisely because it shows that civil society is not divided by national borders. 
Before, the Kremlin Bandit Memorial focused on documenting human rights abuses during the Soviet era and in present-day Russia. Police in Germany have freed two people who were taken hostage in a shopping centre in the city of Dresden. A spokesman said the woman and her child were unharmed. Police arrested a 40-year-old man who's seriously injured and can't be questioned. It's not clear whether he was wounded during the rescue operation or harmed himself. And the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. It'll be mainly fine but cool tomorrow morning with temperatures getting as low as 15 degrees in urban areas, slightly lower in the new territories, dry during the day with a high of about 20 degrees. And the outlook, sunny periods on Monday. It'll be cloudy and cool in the following days. Currently at the observatory at 17 degrees Celsius, humidity is 51% and please be advised the yellow fire danger warning is in effect. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Tens of thousands of opposition supporters in Bangladesh have gathered in the capital, Dhaka, for a rally demanding that the government step down. Security in the city is tight and many people are staying off the street fearing violence. Mobile internet in areas around the demonstration has been suspended. The BBC's Akbar Hossein is in Dhaka. Main opposition BNP is demanding a neutral, non-party caretaker government to oversee the next general elections, which is scheduled to be held by January 2024. Political protests sparked at a time when the country is facing unprecedented inflation and the government is struggling to pay import bills due to severe dollar crisis. But the government says they have achieved sustained economic growth in the last 14 years and the opposition is trying to create instability in the country in the name of political rally. This man is one of the protesters in Dhaka. I come from Chittagong, along with a huge number of our supporters, to join the rally to protest against the government of Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina. She and her government are torturing our supporters all over the country. And today, thousands of us have gathered here against her. I believe the autocratic government will fall very soon. Scientists have concluded that short bursts of intense activity are nearly as good for your health as visits to the gym and much easier and cheaper. Now comes news that this could be achieved by simply walking on the pavement, especially if it included obstacle course type features that involve balancing, jumping and climbing. A study by Cambridge University suggests there's an appetite for adding such an element to pavements to boost fitness levels. The BBC's Chantal Hartle reports. Swinging on climbing frames and balancing on beams is something you might remember from childhood, but it seems as a push to get more adults exercising this way. The University of Cambridge produced photos of various apparatus in urban areas designed to quicken the pulse. Researchers asked 600 people if they would use a tougher walking route over a flat surface to reach the same destination. Nearly 8 in 10 participants said that in certain circumstances they would take the more challenging option. The likelihood of choosing the more physically demanding course increased if there were signs pointing out that doing so would improve their health and if it was shorter than the more accessible pavement. The type of obstacle also mattered. Only 14% were willing to tackle a balance beam, compared with 78% for a route involving wide stepping stones and a log bridge with a handrail. While acknowledging this concept could lead to some trips and falls, Anna Baldina, who led the research, said it could be a stepping stone to reducing pressure on the UK's health service. The BBC's Chantal Hartle with that report. 
Sport and the early quarterfinal between Morocco and Portugal has started. The Morocco football coach says his team feel the support of all African and Arab people. If the Moroccans win, they'll be the first African side ever to make it to the semi-finals. The BBC's Shama Khalil is in Doha. Morocco could be the first Arab and African nation to reach the semi-finals, but they'll need to beat yet another World Cup favourite. Their victory over Spain in the previous round to reach the last eight has been the cause of a collective sense of pride among their fans here in Qatar and the rest of the region. Morocco's coach, Walid Regragui, has said his side are well aware of the impact of their success so far, and they know that the Arab world and Africa are behind them. The King of Morocco, Mohammed VI, has praised the team, saying the players represented the hopes and dreams of Moroccans all over the world. The title holders, France, take on England in the late game in just under four hours' time. A prominent American football journalist has died while covering the World Cup. Grant Weil, who was 49, collapsed suddenly while watching the Argentina-Netherlands game. CBS Sports said he may have had a heart attack. Cricket and Australia declared their second innings at 199 for six in the pink ball second test against the West Indies, setting the visitors 497 to win and save the series. The hosts bowled out the Caribbean side on day three for 214, but Australian skipper Steve Smith opted against enforcing the follow-on. Australia won the first test in the two-match series in Perth by 164 runs. And opener Ishan Kishan has hit the fastest ever double century in one-day internationals in just 126 balls to set up a 227-run consolation win for India in the third match against Bangladesh. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A court jails Jimmy Lai for five years and nine months over a breach of the lease conditions at his next digital media headquarters. Hong Kong records more than 10,000 new COVID infections for a fourth day. And police in the Channel Island of Jersey say one person has died after an explosion at a block of flats. The news from RTHK.
Should be over 